pray for the players, uh. We hollowed the walls, I'm back of bodegas, uh. I got plenty, it's so many, yeah. They say give me, he got plenty, yeah. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Two Planker Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Schaefer, and today on the show, we got Sam McKernan, and he is the yeah. Vulgus. And uh, Sam, what's up, dude? Doing great. How are you? Good. I'm happy to have you here. Um, yeah. I'm going to give you a little backstory for how you got here. So usually, I at the end of the episodes and after we're finished recording, I ask the guests, like, oh, who do you want to hear on the podcast? And Talty Dan right. wanted to hear about your company. No and, way. Yeah. And when I posted so the viewer cool. question, when I posted the slide on Instagram, I said, who do you guys want to hear from? We got a ton of requests for you. So the people nice. want to hear what you have to say. <laughs> cool. Well, I've actually been messaging a bit. Talty Dan, super, super nice dude. Never met him in real life, but uh, what he's doing is super cool too. So it's it's super cool that he it comes from him. That's awesome to hear that. Yeah, definitely. So yeah. Well, let's start off with the basic. Where where are you at right now? You're in Montreal? Yeah. Well, I'm in yeah, Montreal in the suburbs of Montreal. So Laval right outside of Montreal and uh, all this skiing happens in the Laurentian. So like a 30 minute drive from, uh, from Montreal and that's where everything happens. And um, lucky enough to have a big, uh, a lot of homies from everywhere that kind of helped me around. I have a lot of friends in Quebec city too. So a bit everywhere now. So it's, but most of it is in Montreal. Everything happens, uh, happens in Montreal. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I love Montreal, one of my favorite cities for sure. I've talked about it before on the show, so I'll spare everybody. But um, <laughs> were, are you, were you born and raised there? Yeah, so I was born uh, born in um, born in Montreal, raised in Laval, uh, just in the suburbs. And uh, yeah, raised in Laval and started going up, up north in the Laurentian scheme with my father when I was in grade two, I believe, or something like that, grade three. So always lived in uh, Laval, Montreal area, and uh, we have a cottage now up in uh, kind of the more the ski area. So I spent a lot of time in uh, the Laurentians and then back in Montreal. So back and forth, but always in the same area since I was born. Yeah. Cool. Cool. And, I, yeah. and with the business episode, it's always hard to tell. How old are you? I'm 20 years old. Okay, cool. I love yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. I love it when somebody young is on to talk about their company. It's... Uh... It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it happened really fast. I guess I'm still young. Sometimes I kind of I want to do so many things, but I yeah, I'm only 20 years old when I think about it. But yeah, still uh, trying to do everything while I'm young, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So maybe you could start off by explaining to everybody what your company is, and uh, yeah. yeah, then we can go from there. Definitely. So we'll funny to say I never thought of like having a clothing company so when I was younger I used to do a lot of competing in slope style um so I used to just ski a lot and that's where I met a lot of people and that's kind of how I have like a really big circle and like I have a lot of friends that ski a bit everywhere and good contacts um so I tore actually so started this uh it started basically that I tore my ACL when I was 16 years old in my right knee did the whole rehab process and then got back on my skis and then four months later tore the other ACL so my left knee and basically it started after I tore that left ACL I was so bored and I started sewing 
And my mom showed me kind of how to sew. So I started making hats for fun, messing around with hats, and then started selling a few to some close friends, but nothing under proper like brand, like really just for fun. And then I started, I got the whole screen printing set up in my garage to print t-shirts. So I was making printing t-shirts, like really DIY, just doing it for fun. And I left the whole process. So basically that's how it started. And then a bit later on, it kind of got the name for the brand, which is kind of a strange name. Sounds a bit off, definitely. Uh, but it's the meaning is super straightforward. It's basically it's based off Latin word, which means um, like gathering people, a big group of people. And I think when I started the whole thing, that was kind of the idea. And like this year, more than ever, like I can really see like people like I meet people. I make a lot of friends because of this brand. And I just that was the the main goal. And it's start, it's slowly starting to get to that point, which is awesome. So it kind of started like that, never like the proper intent to start a, a brand, but it kind of got to that point without me realizing it. And now it, it is what it is. So that's kind of the, the main kind of outline of how this whole project got started about like a year and a half ago. That's awesome. And so what's your, yeah. what, what are like the primary products that you sell now? Um, so right now, well, obviously the best product would be snow pants, obviously. You know, baggy snow pants are super in. Made also a few belts um, because belts are in as well. Baggy pants and belts to keep the pants up. And uh, hats, beanies, uh, those are still handmade. Um, so I sew them with my girlfriend. So all the hats are still, fleece hats are still hand sewed at my house. But all this, the other stuff is made elsewhere in the manufacturer. So jacket, pants, hats, and belts. So that's primary, like the main things that I, I make the most at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah. That's really cool. So a year and a half ago, and you started while you were injured. And I think it's funny, like, I think that what people do when they're injured says a lot about who they are. Because there's a lot, of, yeah. a lot of people have a similar story like that. I think of Nick Martini starting step yeah. because, like, he was so – he was got injured so much. But uh, it just shows that, like, some minds and some people just can't sit still. Like, they get yeah, too that's... easy. I'm, I'm I'm always trying to figure out something to do. That's, I guess, it's who I am. Like, I'm rarely bored. Like, when I have nothing to do, I'm just on my phone on TikTok. And I'm, I hate it. It's so long. So, I, yeah, I like keeping busy, yeah. for sure. That's so, yeah, that's that's mainly how it started. And, I mean, it was super DIY until maybe this past September, I'd say. Like, everything was handmade. And in September... I made the first batch of snow pants and that was like the first manufactured product that I didn't make. So it was definitely a change of pace because I used to spend so much time in my garage, like printing stuff, sewing hats, but it was a change kind of like now all this stuff is made elsewhere. So I don't have to do anything, but it's a lot more, you know, you have to be on top of your stuff and the Excel spreadsheets and all that stuff. So it's different, but, yeah, so it kind of, it kind of just happened naturally. And now it's really, it's really like a lot of more spreadsheets and stuff like that. But it's, it's cool. Like, it's fun to see the the evolution so fast. It's definitely cool. Yeah. So what was the, what was the process like for getting manufacturers? Like, where, where are you even having a manufactured right now? Yeah. Uh, so right now, well, I changed. So the first kind of generation, let's say of snow pants, 
they were they were okay but like the quality like some of the people bought them obviously they ha- I had a few issues sometimes with the zippers like the pants were fine overall like I really liked them but um after the last drop I made in February I said that's it like I want to change for something a bit better to like make them legit because they still felt kind of you know smaller brand vibe which is fine but I really wanted to step up and make them legit so this past um year they were manufactured in Pakistan actually and uh, now they're uh, changing manufacturers so it's definitely a long process and the quality will be better but i mean it's making the whole samples you know and making sure to test them out correctly that's like for next season i already made samples past december with the new manufacturer and i've been skiing them since december like just testing them out because last time i made some i had a few issues probably should have tested them a bit longer so you know, sometimes I want to rush stuff, but you you just have to, you have to chill sometimes and take your time a bit to make sure that no major issues happen at some point. So, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. And so when you're working with like the manufacturer in Pakistan, is it, you know, cause I hear, I, I've interviewed people before talking about finding manufacturers in, in yeah. China or, or wherever. So is there yeah. a point man that you work with? Is it the owner of the factory? Is it just a representative of, for the factory? Like, how does that, how do you make that? It was, yeah, it was actually from, I got the connection from, I work in a ski shop mm-hmm. uh, also. And um, my boss over there, well, he does like clothing for the company, you know, the, the brand of the, the skate shop. So he kind of hooked me up with that dude. And um, it's a pretty small operation. So it allowed me to do like fewer quantities. So I'm pretty sure, I'm not exactly sure, but you know, we were communicating on the phone, pretty sure it's the owner directly of the the company. So Mm -hmm. it was very easy to start off because it was smaller quantities. I didn't have to make a ton, but um, then the new manufacturer, which is in China, China's really, from what I like read and heard and talked to people, it's definitely like they have the most technology to like the quality stuff and all that. So for the new manufacturer, like it's, it's a sales rep because it's a big, you know, it's a big organization. So you talk to the sales rep directly and you kind of communicate what you want and they kind of help you with the whole process and they take care of your orders and all that stuff. So it's really straightforward once you find you manufacture, but it's really like making samples, like test the stuff out. And it is, it is, it is expensive to make samples. You know, you, you pay for them, but they're, they're worth it at the end of the road. That's what I, I've definitely learned that this year. Yeah. So I think it's so cool. Like, (laughs) it's just so funny that, uh, I don't know this it's such a, to me, having no experience manufacturing any like consumer product. Like working with a manufacturer yeah. seems like such a legit step to make. It seems, and- yeah, it seems so big. And I remember when I like first starting making hats and a lot of my homies were like, you should make snow pants because it's kind of when the, the smaller brands were starting off and baggy pants were like really in. And I was like, yeah, I'm down, but I have no clue where to start. So, I mean, it's really off. You're, there's websites online that allow you to find manufacturers. Uh, there's like, these online platforms that you can communicate with people. And it's really, it's kind of like Facebook marketplace, but for businesses. So there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of them, you know, the, the most classic one would probably be Alibaba, which is kind of everybody, everybody knows about it, but you can do a lot of stuff with those small tools. So 
it's really about like honestly a year ago i couldn't even imagine like making snow pants but now i'm making even more so it happens fast but it's very doable yeah yeah do you ever think like i don't know this is a big conversation in uh in the states but i'm sure it's in canada too like everyone's talking about oh all the manufacturing is going to asia all of it's going to asia there's nothing we always say there's nothing left in america like detroit's ruined all these midwest cities are ruined mm. so like do you look at how easy it is to make stuff in china and you're like oh yeah that makes sense that everything is made in china just because it's so cheap and easy well i well i mean i was actually surprised because the new manufacturing i'm doing way more like way more stock because last year well this winter i clearly didn't have enough so i'm making way more but it's it's quite more expensive than i thought it was going to be mm -hmm. uh just because i mean finding this manufacturer was really a i did i tried a few but by far like the best quality i, I found so they do charge for that like it's more expensive than i thought but um I mean, in my research, like nothing came across Canada, North America. I'm sure there's there's a few. Obviously, I know I know a few that make like hats and hoodies and more like kind of that thing. But really, like outwear, which is sometimes, you know, it's more technical to make. There's a lot of testing required in outwear. I feel like there's probably some around in North America, but I didn't find any in my research. So. Yeah. maybe not at that level yet i'm sure i'm sure you can make it happen somehow but maybe one day but yeah so i guess a lot a lot of it obviously shifting in asia and everything is there right now so yeah. it would be cool to make it more in here and you know kind of encourage more the north america and more local but it is what it is at the moment i guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah listen you don't make the rules you're just making it work so I want to talk about like the the baggy pants because it seems like yeah every, it seems like every other small business is like a, a baggy pants business. So were you inspired by like any tides and uh, like revaluate or like were those at the same time as you like um, you looking at or like yeah? You could just talk about yeah, yeah, yeah. inspirations a little bit. Obviously, well, obviously, I think everybody knows like the first kind of company that started making them really trendy was obviously uh henry carlo's brand mm -hmm. so obviously you can see the kind of inspiration of it behind it um but yeah reevaluate annie tides all super cool brands as well but i mean very you can see kind of this it's simple like cargo pockets um i guess the bottom elastic was kind of been inspired by reevaluate i like the i like the touch so yeah but very like i like plain stuff that works like not too extravagant so it's very they're very simple pants obviously and a lot of people are making them um but yeah definitely kind of a reevaluate inspiration maybe harlow a bit capiche as well all super cool brands that yeah i kind of i think everybody kind of inspires each other off them a bit so definitely yeah dude it was i was at sunday river this past weekend and by the time this comes yeah. out it'll be like a month ago but yeah dude there was this little grom riding down and i swear to god his pants were so inflated like yeah just these huge like too big <laughs> it's like these big parachutes not flapping at yeah, all. yeah there is completely... obviously there is like some people are pushing <laughs> it's a bit too baggy like i like loose pants i feel like the baggy baggy extreme might slowly not die off but like 
more tailored baggy stuff will definitely be the move next year or which is kind of what I'm doing like still super baggy but kind of refine the look a bit because who knows how the parachute pant look will stay around but uh (laughs) yeah obviously baggy pants are are trendy at the moment obviously yeah and like how do you because I feel like I have such a bad sense for uh like uh, like trends I, I i guess like yeah, i see, yeah, yeah, I see yeah. trends after they're already popular like yeah. so how do you how do you even stay ahead of that and just decide you know like oh you know well this this style of hat is where it's at right yeah now. yeah well i mean i personally ski quite a lot like and i follow i mean i follow kind of you know my friends what they're wearing what social media everything so i kind of I also make what I like, you know, like I do take in consideration what like other people would buy because there's no point of making some stuff that nobody would like potentially be interested. So I truly like, I make stuff that I like, I would wear personally and obviously the things that are popular right now. So, I mean, definitely like, if you look at what I'm doing, it's, it's very simple. Like the hoodie is also super simple. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's a lot based off what I like wearing, what I believe like my friends and the people I'm hooking up gear with would like like wearing. And um, I mean, a lot of the, con- like a lot of my friends or, you know, even sometimes my family members would say, hey, you should try to do this. So I take, I mean, I take a lot of stuff into consideration and try to make it happen to please everybody. So, yeah. That's cool. I mean, we kind of skipped yeah. over, we kind of skipped over your youth, but have you always been a fashion head that's like really into all this stuff? Not particularly. I mean, I started, started being more interested into like fashion, like basic fashion, like skateboard fashion, let's say, but like probably more like when I was 16 ish, like 15, 16. Um, but not a huge fashion head that much, really just, I like when I ski, like I've, like everybody, they have that out when they're skiing, like when they have it, they just feel that much better and that much like solid. So I guess that was like, oh, I like these clothes or I'm wearing, so I'm trying to create clothes that I'm wearing and I'm like, yeah, I feel, I feel seasoned this, but that's basically it. Not a huge fashion head that much when I was young, not that much, no. Yeah, but definitely, yeah, definitely an interest in like brands, like a lot of inspiration too comes from totally non-skiing related stuff, more like streetwear, small skateboard companies that I feel like are super cool too, that I kind of get inspiration off that, but uh, yeah. Yeah, it's funny that you say that you weren't into it because I don't know, just looking, just like scrolling through Instagram and just seeing the products. It's just like, it seems like you naturally have a good sense for what looks good. So it's, it's surprising that you weren't into yeah. this. Like for, were you well, a graphic design at all? Like, where are you getting some of these, especially these early, like graphics that or, or these early graphic tees and like these crew necks? Yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, I just opened my Instagram too. I'm kind of looking through a few were actually made. At the beginning, it was really, so at the beginning, since everything was kind of hand printed and like at the beginning, I really had this heavy inspiration for um, skateboard brands, you know, like the 
the dogs and the pit bulls. It was really like based off smaller escape brands, uh, off kind of same vibe, Instagram, more social media brands. And since I could print like, let's say five t-shirts because that's what I felt like doing. Well, I just printed five hoodies with the graphic that I found cool. And so I made a lot more, you know, I pumped out different graphics a lot more. And over the time since, you know, I got a lot of people, a lot more people like following this brand, so I had to make more. So the thing is that I have a bit less control over like, since I'm making so much, I can't just make five of each, five of each. Like it's, you know, it's like X amount of this much hoodie and that's it. So, but the early on stages were definitely, it was a different look since I was really screen printing in my garage and it was more DIY and definitely influenced off um, skate brands at the beginning for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And who and, uh, like cooked yeah. up those designs? Was that you? Um, a bit was me. I had a few, uh, two of them. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at them right now. Yeah, a lot of them were mine. I had a few of there that uh, were my friends, one of my friends um, in my area that does artwork and album covers. So he made a few as well. And um, kind of a mix of a mix of me, a mix of uh, my friend Emil, that's his name, graphic designer. So he does a bit of that stuff as well. So kind of a mix. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome, bro. And I think like, like if I were going to start a brand, I feel like the part that I'd be excited about most is like seeing my buddies wear it at first. Like, is that, is that how yeah. it at first was like just your well, boys buying yourself? Yeah, it was funny you say, but uh, yeah, at the beginning was very like whiskey at this mountain, mostly in Montreal called Avila. And we have like in Quebec, like the parks are not as advanced. I feel like in Vermont or wherever you're at in the States, so the parks are super small, but Avila is the only mountain that has a decent park, which you have this park pass you have to pay for and gives you access to the park. And really everybody skis there. So like everybody just skis at the same spot. And at, at the beginning, yeah, it was a very, a lot of my close friends, obviously. And uh, it was super funny. Like this season started and they all bought snow pants. So we were like skiing a gang of like 15 dudes with all the same brown and beige pants with the same hoodie. So yeah, it's it's fun to see, but I think the coolest thing lately is to just I'm scrolling Instagram and I'm going up the hill. Like I was in Quebec last week or two weeks ago. And I just see people that I don't know with my stuff. I see people like complete strangers with my stuff. And like, yeah, that's that's I think that's the best feeling. It's super cool to see. Yeah. Was it a weird transition? Cause I feel like a lot of people experience this, like and I even felt it with the podcast. Like at first when you're doing something it's just your friends and family being like, oh, it's great, no matter how good or bad it is. Was it weird yeah. for you when you saw, like, complete strangers were, like, loving what you were making? Yeah, it was it was a weird feeling. I think one of the coolest feeling also was, um, like, the, I'm, you know, I don't have, like, there's no team, but I do, like, send snow pants and gear to certain people for free. And, like, some of those people I send stuff is, like, when I started park skiing and, like, seventh grade or eighth grade it's like like i follow those people and i thought were like their skiing was so cool and uh now i'm sending them stuff and they're saying yeah like i see their videos with the stuff on i'm like wow that's super cool so it's awesome yeah it's awesome to see like solely kind of bigger names and just 
just have a lot of people kind of respect what I'm doing and it's it's fun to see yeah definitely yeah I like are you starting to go worldwide with it or is it mostly still like a Canadian American thing like oh, how, well, how far is your reach um I'd say like last two drops I made about about 65% is going to the United States mm-hmm. a lot of Vermont Colorado Utah well the ski spots obviously mm-hmm. so a lot of vermont new york east coast united states um colorado utah california really everywhere in the united states and uh, british columbia calgary you know the main canadian ski spots quebec obviously and uh a few a bit of europe you know out of the north america but not that much but uh definitely a, a few people in north america in europe and that area so definitely more kind of worldwide at this point almost which is crazy yeah is that getting expensive to to ship everywhere oh it's the worst (laughs) like u.s is actually shipping u.s shipping is really great compared to because in the u.s you have way more shipping infrastructure so shipping in the u.s is actually even if it's from canada it's pretty affordable it's really not that bad at all and usually customers or people don't get charged duties which is cool um europe out of north america shipping is the worst it's probably it costs like what i charge is like i lose money on the shipping yeah and it's already super expensive it's like 40 dollars to ship canadian dollars was like 30 34 35 us dollars but uh it's just what it costs to ship. Like if you check other small brands that it's the same thing, it's, you have to charge it, but it's, yeah, it's expensive. It goes up fast. Yeah. Would like, so when I bought, um, I scanned these magazines and yep. this dude, this dude living in Quebec was going to send me a bunch of them, but it was going to be mm-hmm. like, a, it was going to be a package that weighed like 30 pounds. Cause it was a ton of magazines and yeah. they were like right by the border. So I'm like, dude, just drive over the border and ship it from Vermont to Connecticut instead of shipping it from like Quebec yeah, to, yeah, Connecticut yeah. to save some money. And that's exactly what he did. He just drove over yeah. the border and then saved. I don't even know how much he would have saved off of that. Probably a lot. It was way I, I easier. Remember. Yeah. Like from Montreal to Quebec, which is a three hour drive to ship mm-hmm. whatever standard package is probably around $14, $15 Canadian dollars. And I like, I did this test, like I put an address in Vermont, one in California, we shipped the same package across the country and it was seven bucks or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was like, yeah, definitely. But uh, I guess people kind of expect to have shipping. I mean, they are, it is an online business, so you can't get around shipping. It is a big part of every people that have small brands or big online brands, like shipping is a big part of a huge part of the business yeah yeah dude i don't even know how people would have had a small brand before being able to do direct consumer online like i don't you, yeah you know like just like put it in like a ski shop i guess I, I don't really know yeah physical shops yeah you didn't really have the choice or obviously you distribute your products in ski shops the thing is though with like small brands that the thing is, it's hard to find a shop that you want your stuff to be in there and that actually represents what you're doing. Um, I put, when I first started the destructure in Quebec, the shop, 
pretty well-known shop. They, I put a lot of my stuff there for sale. We did collabs. So that's kind of like the only physical like shop that I put my stuff in sometimes, but uh, it's different. You, you make less money, you know, with putting in shops, but it gives you a lot of exposure and it's something nice to, you know, have your stuff in shops sometimes, but yeah, mm. it's, it's super cool. That's so awesome, man. I remember like back when I was younger, Lupe, he was big at our mountain yeah. and he would come back. I think this was when he was linked up with inspired. So he was selling like inspired Connecticut t-shirts out of the parking lot. Eski Sunday. Yeah. I always thought that was such a classic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Posting up with your trunk open and just slinging shirts. <laughs> yeah. Pop-up vibes with just the shirts. Yeah. That's, so That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, I don't know. You ever, so, and then, and that reminds me of Dan. I think I remember seeing back in the day when Arsenic was young, him posting similar things on online. Do you do any like pop-up type of gigs? Uh, I did one this year past March, uh, this like rail jam hosted by one of my friends who does these events. And, um, so I was kind of like the main sponsor for the ski jam. And, um, so we just brought the whole crew, we were like 20 people with skiing there from just like my friend group. And, uh, he said, yeah, bring a tent, do whatever. So I ran into tent, had the whole pop-up set up with the racks, the table, got my little card reader so people can tap the cars, whatever. But it wasn't even the fact for like selling stuff. It was just the fact having a tent with products under having, you know, the rails are in front and just music and vibing. It was super fun. So definitely the goal for next year would be to have more physical events, you know, gathering people together because I feel like you obviously have like it's part of selling stuff, you know, because that's what makes everything run. But I think more rail jams and, you know, kind of free contests for people. I think that's definitely one of the moves and trying to gather people more together around Quebec. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. I feel like. And this is no offense to you at all. I feel like I hadn't mm -hmm. heard. I have. I feel like I hadn't heard of this brand until Dan mentioned it to me. And then it's yeah. Like, it's one of those things where I, I go and look for it. And I'm like, dude, how have I not heard of this already? Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. It's. I mean, it is kind of. It is younger people. It is a kind of like really an Instagram brand that's new. So yeah. I mean, more kids, obviously, younger people, and um, like if you. Tall T, Mr. Tall T Dan, I mean, he's been doing it for forever, you know, so, so everybody kind of knows about it. So, I mean, I guess that's the main difference, but yeah, yeah, totally, totally dude, normal. Yeah. And I felt the same way about like uh lizard stuff when I did that one last year and it just discovered, yeah. it was like, oh, this is like a bunch of people in Salt Lake love this company. And, yeah. Um, he makes, he hand makes everything. It's super cool. Yeah. But I mean, it's hard to keep up at some point. There's so many small brands and I mean, it is, it's kind of like skateboarding, right? I mean, skateboarding, yeah. so many small brands, skiing kind of, it's kind of getting that way too, but it's cool. Like everybody kind of does their things and the friend, the friend group kind of encourages everybody. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it's normal. Yeah. It's so funny. Like you think, or at least I think this a lot. It's like, oh, what were... For a moment, I will think, oh, what's happening right now is really unique. And then I'll read something and it's like, oh, this has always been happening. Like New Schoolers did a 20 year recap. And mm -hmm. um, and one of the things that they mentioned in it, and I don't want to mess it up, but I believed it was like there was a boom 
in the early 2000s. Here it is. 2005. The crochet era begins. And they, yeah. wrote, they wrote about how, like, in 2005, there's just all these dudes, like, knitting beanies. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. blew up huge, and, like, they're stretching out tall tees. So it's like... It's the same Definitely. thing, just repeating yourself over and over and over again. Oh, yeah, it's a cycle, for sure. We were talking about that with some friends, too, but it's, like, it used to be super baggy back then. You know, I remember seeing clips of Tom Wallace with the orange baggy pants, the blue jacket. It kind of died down, went back to skinnier stuff, and then we're back to square one with baggy pants. Kind of changed a bit, but still kind of the same at some level, so. Yeah. But, yeah, knitting your hats and sewing has been definitely a trend in skiing for the past year and a half or two yeah i mean even else like outside of skiing like i see so many people knitting their own stuff like own crochet hats so i mean it definitely feeds off the outside trends of skiing as well so yeah, yeah. and i'm such a like i'm like a horse with blinders on i really only know, <laughs> i really only know what's happening in skiing but um like you so you're saying the stuff's happening in like snowboarding and skating too like all yeah yeah brands yeah oh yeah there's a few i mean everybody's kind of it's a cool thing to do i mean starting your own brand i mean it's when it gets to the point you're trying to push i mean i definitely had a few roadblocks trying to like okay let's make more technical stuff but it is super expensive and i'm completely on my own in this so I mean, when you're trying to push the envelope a bit and get to the next level, that's where it kind of gets hard. But starting a small brand with your friends and just having fun messing around is, it's a great way to have fun, in my opinion. It's wild, because like in skating, I know I know a little bit about skating. Like that's how some of the, the biggest brands in skating started. It was just like Obviously. a couple, a couple pros Obviously. that were great friends. But the difference in skating is there's so much money in that sport yeah these little companies just blow the like just really blow up especially yeah, in like 20 years yeah and skating is is you know more people skate than ski obviously it's more accessible skating you just open your front door and you go skating skiing you have to get there it is expensive so it's not as accessible yeah dude i Ooh, i wish man. that <laughs> i really do wish that skiing had like a third of the culture that skating does. Yeah. Oh, dude, I will go so yeah. deep on like skate YouTube. Like they're talking yeah. about like the history of the best spots or they're talking about like, I don't know, man. But There's there, just yeah. people that care. Like it feels, it feels like people care a lot more about skating. Yeah, but there is, I mean, one thing that I really like, I've played, I've played team sports a bit, like I'm mountain biking in the summer, but there is something really special about like the community in skiing and how people like we're just skiing with like this such like this deep common interest and having fun like the, like you hang out with skiers it's it's fun you know it's it's something special like the people that ski together like the groups that you create the people you meet it's really cool yeah me too me and my buddies were just talking about that the other day like we were on the mountain we were just chilling on this trail and just like looking out at the view and like the people that don't ski, I really do wonder what they think happens at the mountain. Cause you're yeah. just telling, you tell your buddy that knows nothing about it. Like, Oh, I'm going skiing and they'll see the mountain from a distance, but, but they, they don't got, get what's they got no going clue. on. They got no clue yeah. what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's really, yeah. And then the best time of the year, like this time of the year you finish skiing and everybody's just barbecuing in the parking lot, tailgating, like yeah. it's fun. It's super fun. 
it's skiing is the best for that, honestly. Yeah, we were we were thinking about going up to uh, Tremblant this weekend, but yeah, it looks like the weather's gonna be so bad, so we might just go to. It's Chicago raining. Instead. It's yeah. raining right now. It's supposed to rain all week, all weekend. I believe it's last weekend there. Yeah. So and then the only ski hill that's open after is Vilas and Suvarch, which are usually open just on weekends until like May twentieth. Yeah. So yeah. But that's basically it after. But uh, yeah, Trabon's cool. The park, the park is fun. It's definitely, yeah, it's a cool spot. I don't ski there much, but uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, we were just going to try to go and enjoy the weather, but because the weather yeah. is so shitty, I think we're yeah we're just going to bail on it. But uh, yeah, you won't enjoy the weather if you're going next weekend. That's for sure. Yeah, dude, I always I always fall into this trap. When I'm talking to Canadians, because I just love I love learning about Canada. Yeah, but, um, I was actually talking to a buddy who went out to uh, Labrador like years ago, or no, yeah. he went out to New- he went out to Newfoundland because Labrador is further. So yep. I was trying to go out there. Like, is there anything to do out there? Like, have you been before? Because I've been. I honestly have hard. no clue. I think the furthest I've gone in that direction was Prince Edward Island yeah and that's about it very it's cool i mean the beach the beach was nice it was a very small town vibe like very not i remember there was a potato chip thing because that's what they do over there so we went to the potato (laughs) chip museum and that was about it that's all i can remember but i've i've never gone to newfoundland and that whole nova scotia could be pretty cool like i know a few people that went surfing there as well Mm. but um I guess if you know the spots and you know the, some people there, you kind of have a clue where you're going. It could be definitely cool, but I'm not the best reference for that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it's just so funny, man. Like I, I look at maps all day, and I look, you know, I look at Canada, and it looks like in Quebec, it's like you can't even really go north either. It's like you're either no, going, you're either in going Quebec, east or west. Lives. No, yeah. no, no. In Quebec, everybody lives on the St. Lawrence, so like Montreal, kind of like this whole straight Montreal, Quebec City, yes, you know, like that whole area. If you go up north, there's nothing. It's like nobody lives there. It's really deserted. So it's really kind of that, that small Montreal area until Quebec in both directions, that's about it. Like everybody kind of lives and I've never gone outside. And like, if I go on vacation, it's out west or somewhere else, but I've never like, gone up north in Quebec like yeah, there's not the much to bears. do <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's wild bro so if you guys are going on a trip somewhere you're are you going out to like Vancouver and BC um I've gone to BC if definitely a few times I've gone skiing this year in Big White Sun Peaks and um I've gone to Mount Hood also uh last year um best trip so fun so <laughs> Those are the spots, Whistler, obviously, and uh, that's about, that's kind of, definitely like to try to ski Europe a bit more, and because everything looks so cool over there, and the people, like, the the vibes over there look really cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I only know, I make myself sound like such an idiot. I (laughs) I only know a little bit about Canada, but Mm -hmm. I know almost nothing about the scene in Europe, bro. Like, yeah. If there's someone from Europe listening, dude, hop in the DMs, 
give me a little rundown of what's going on because yeah uh, i mean i don't even know where to start for that dude (laughs) from what i hear i mean there's so many hills over there like everything is so close you can like sleep like the spot i want to go the most would be like in austria there's so many cool places that you can ski there and i was watching you probably heard about jib league lately the like the coolest thing ever but uh like the hills you're skiing like the parks the park it looks so fun like everything it kind of looks like a big skate park over there everywhere so yeah dude definitely but yeah i mean i think and obviously in quebec like in vermont too a lot of rails not like jobs are not big so it's nice when i get to ski somewhere else to like get some nice big jumps in but uh yeah yeah, that's so funny, dude. I've been I've been to Europe a few times, but mostly like Spain and England. I've been to Iceland like twice now, but like never for skiing. And yeah. I don't know, dude. It's it's so far that if I went, I would want to go for like three weeks. You know, I know just, that's just... if I if you're going out there, it, like it's a trek. Like you're staying for a bit. You're not just going for a week. Yeah, dude. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Anyways, yeah, that's our little geography. <laughs> that's our little geography tip. Yeah, because I just geography. think it's. I I don't know. I think Canada's mad funny. Like I look at like, like Saskatchewan and Man even Manitoba. Even though oh, I've like, never, I've never been there. Like, <laughs> I've never been in the, the middle. It's always Quebec, BC, and like really the the south of BC again. Like you're almost on the border in Vancouver. So yeah, and that's like. Cool. Yeah, and all the people like Quebecers love to drive down to BC, do the haul. But I mean, I don't think people realize how there's nothing like North of Ontario, Manitoba. Like it is just empty fields. Like there's nothing cool once you hit like you start hitting BC, Alberta. Then there's the Rockies, and oh, okay, we're finally here. But the middle yeah. is it's pretty dead. Yeah, dude, that's so funny. And th- the funny part is, the people listening to this episode are mainly gonna be probably people in your area so they're gonna yeah this and be like this kid they're gonna hear me and be like this kid is such an idiot <laughs> but <laughs> it's just funny dude like i got i really got to explore canada more like the past i think since covid i mean because you couldn't really leave the country i've explored yeah. so much more of the u.s and just like i only got like three Sport. like three states left in the continental united states but i have seen like none of canada yeah so, well not like me i mean i've i've did the classic united states states but i haven't like I I mean I I don't go there that often, right? So yeah, probably know as much as you in the states that you know about Canada. So <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, bro. I gotta I gotta. You know Chug you know Chug Life. What's his name? Ian Costco. He's like a yeah. He's an older head. Yeah. He like he is a is a bush pilot now, up in okay. up wherever. Let's see. He's probably like up in the Yukon, but uh. I'm trying to I'm trying to get on that type of wave at some point, bro. Because he's posting all yeah. these videos of him in the middle of nowhere, bro. Like the middle of nowhere. Yeah, Yukon. Completely. There's awesome. every year. Yeah, every year there's this Canada Cup, this slope style competition, Big Air, and every year it's like late November, I think, and like the whole like all the competition kids like they go there for, and there's like this nice jump, but. It looks so cold. It looks so cold and there's nothing else to do apparently around there. I've never been, but I have a lot of friends that have gone there and Mount Sima it's called, but yeah. Yeah. Not much to do around there, I believe, but I don't know. I haven't gone. Yeah. That's another thing. I never know what's going on in, in Canada for events. Like uh, 
I th- I think this one caught a lot of people by surprise, or maybe just people in the states. But that Red Bull event that was like downtown Montreal, I think. Yeah. Yeah. What was up with that? Uh, uh, Epic Fest, it's called. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't there actually. I was in British Columbia. I was skiing, but um, I think it caught everybody by surprise. Like the, it was on Saint Denis, so like super, like downtown, like really in in the city and. It was all on, um, you know, all metal construction and um, pretty gnarly setup, like super narrow and the rails were pretty big. But uh, I saw a lot of clips, like it looked pretty fun. Apparently there was free beer also. So big party skiing in the city. But yeah, I think it caught everybody by surprise. Like people were expecting something big. And then I remember they posted the like render of the whole setup and people were like, damn, this is it's big and it looked, it looked super cool. So yeah. Dude, I got it. I got so to probably, Red Bull is gonna... so hard to keep up with dude. Like I, I never know. know what Red Bull events are going on. I just see them after they happen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But there's a few uh, big names there skiing. I remember seeing uh, Oski uh, was named to log in a few people that were there, I believe, but yeah. And a lot of the local kids that were just sending. So I think it was definitely something cool for the the ski kind of scene in our, our area. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Who are, like, the local uh, the local heroes for you guys? Like, who are the skiers that either made it or maybe they could even be, like, a little bit underground? But, like, who do you guys really look up to up there? Hmm. It, I don't know, honestly. I mean, there's obviously some classic names and, like, Quebec skiing like Alex Bouillemarchand, X Games, and he doesn't compete anymore, but great skier. Uh, GFL, you know, another guy yeah. that he he coaches. I don't think he coaches anymore, but he's a coach in the area of film, so he still is like super present. He has his like super dope backyard setup that like he's still super implicated with all the people around skiing in Quebec, so it's super cool. Emil Bergeron, another name that. You know, I super talented skier. We still, you know, we. I saw him skiing at Stoneham like last week, or and man, like I've never seen somebody like boost the pipe that high. So <laughs> there's a lot of there's a lot of good skiers in Quebec, and yeah, there's a lot of amazing skiers. I'm trying to think about like I have a few friends too that are yeah who really are the, who are the younger guys that you think deserve a shout out you think there's anyone that's like yeah well there's attention? one of my friends well dylan Dylan Deschamps, which he's on he made it to team canada i think last year but amazing skier and i remember i started he started started skiing like five or six years ago or something like that and i was trampolining with him and he just completely took off and he's basically a pro skier at this point so yeah, and uh, Jeremy Jeremy Gagne, another he has that like he helps me along this whole business stuff. I mean, he's an amazing skier and uh, definitely like somebody to look out in my opinion. And uh, probably the last guy that I would give a mention would be Thomas Thomas Garneau Thomas, which is one of my best friends. Amazing skier. He made this insane cut for level one, super known. He didn't quite make it. He got to semifinals, but such an like super talented skier. Like we go skiing, he's like, "Call me a trick, call me a line." 
and I call like the most ridiculous lines in my opinion and every time nails it. So I hope to see him ski for a long time at a high level, definitely. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, yeah, yeah. And speaking of like speaking of talent, so do you, and this is the, uh, we'll get into the viewer questions, but I'm going to get ahead of this one because it's always the same one we get. Like, how do you go mm -hmm. about sponsoring people and giving, because everyone always wants the free stuff, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, obviously, yeah, as like, you're giving stuff. I mean, obviously it's costing you money. So, I mean, you give stuff out to people that you think, well, first of all, kind of represent what you're doing, or if it's a brand, it's a brand, if it's something else, whatever it is that kind of represent what you're doing correctly, right? And that you, usually the people I give stuff or gear to is people that I enjoy skiing. Like I enjoy watching them skiing. I like what this, I like what they're, I like their style, whatever. I like them as a, you know, as a person. And I, so that's mostly how it goes. Um, like obviously some people say, oh, it's all about followers. Not necessarily. Like it's really like if I, if I enjoy watching the skiing or like, I feel like, you know, they represent well the brand. Well, okay, that's usually as simple as it goes. Like, it's not that complicated in my opinion. That's usually pretty chill about it. And I mean, like I get like to my close friends, like Thomas and Jeremy talked about, like there's a few people that I give a bit more stuff and they definitely, you know, put a few stories, tag me, but I really just give like gear to riders that feel like they can, you know, they need gear, whatever, like it is expensive. So that's as simple as it goes in my opinion. Yeah. Cool. So, yeah. I mean, that's always a very popular viewer question. So, but we can get into the rest Obviously. of the ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, here's an interesting one that we kind of skimmed over. So the, the full name is Volgus 365. Why the, yeah. number, why the number 365? That's from somebody uh, that's from yeah. Yeah, plain and simple as we'll kind of said it kind of represents like the the whole mob of skiers or whatever. Three sixty five is as simple as I changed. It used to be no three sixty five, and now there is. But it was like I remember I was finishing my school, doing exams, studying, and I was like printing stuff. Kind of it was hard work. I remember it was kind of stressful for nothing. <laughs> when I think back, I'm like, hey, it wasn't that bad. But uh, it was like. Like I'm doing this all the time. It's every day. Like we're going skiing every day. So it's just it's as simple and corny as three sixty five days a year. That's what that's what we're doing. So it's as simple as corny as that. Yeah, <laughs> I like it. I don't, think, <laughs> I don't think it's too corny. There's definitely you know it could be it could and be it adds it could be yeah it's four twenty you know like that would four twenty boom <laughs> <laughs> that would be real corny. Um, what about uh let's see Raf Diaz he said. And you just mentioned this. He says, what's mob worldwide? Oh, Raph, he's one of my good friends. Yeah. Inside joke. It used to like the first, first, when we were kind of messing around with, I think it was with Thomas, we were messing around with like joke names or whatever. And I ski with Raph and it was kind of like this, oh, let's call it this. And I think it was called that for like, a matter of a day and yeah so it's kind of like this inside joke i guess he's making reference to <laughs> but uh yeah raf that's amazing cool. skier as well raf yeah he's super talented yeah i i never saw any of raf's stuff until emmett shouted him out 
like whenever it was probably like a year and a half, two years ago. When I, whenever I did that first episode with Emmett, he's like, yo, there's this yeah. kid up in Canada, Raph. He's tight. Yeah. He's <laughs> definitely not the skiing that I can do. Like I do pretty classic tricks, I guess, but Raph, well, the thing about Raph is he could pull out these wizard butter, whatever trick he does his magic, but he can, he can also do like two in press four, eight ways if he wants to and completely like go full comp jock mode on the rails if he wants to. So he's a rail God. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so like I said before, you know, I was surprised when I found your company and like saw how big it was. And so this is kind of going along on like making your brand big, but mm-hmm. fly fish the East. He said, how is how important is it to have somewhat established skiers riding for your brand? Mm-hmm. It's very, oh, yeah. Very important. In my opinion. I mean, even I get influenced sometimes, like some, my favorite skiers, like they wear certain things and I'm like, oh, like you are kind of more like in tune to certain stuff or brands when people you like, like your favorite skier wears it, right? So it definitely, it definitely helps a lot to have, you know, some solid riders with that you believe represent the company or brand well. So I like, I have like, I'd say good like 12, 10 to 12 people that I hook up gear with. And, but yeah, it's definitely important. Like they, they kind of represent the skiers kind of represent the brand for the skiing part. So it is, it's definitely important. Yeah. If you look at the big brands, like they have a full pro team with very well-known riders. So it does, it does play. Yeah. It's super important. Obviously like I started out not too long ago. It's not this huge major company. So like there's no pro skiers on the team, obviously, but they're all kids and skiers that I find I like to ski and they kind of all, you know, support me and the project. So yeah, it's definitely important for sure. Yeah. Are there any pros that you like really feel like would represent the brand? Well, like you feel like, like the brand and them line up really well that you want to try to get them some gear to wear. Um, I'm trying to think. Or like a, just like a dream, I, I, you know, like if Henrik was wearing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like a dream skier, whatever. <laughs> um, not even, like I think the I like the idea. Well, obviously, probably my favorite skier at the moment, or somebody that I really like skiing. I was Simo spelled on Instagram. Was in Slush Cup. That would definitely be cool. But I like the idea of like it is kind of a smaller, rugged brand feel. So the fact of having skiers that are pretty well known, like there's some people I give gear that have like they're pretty well known, but still kind of more underground ish so it kind of follows the whole smaller brand like smaller ish skiers and i'm very like the people that ride my stuff are great skiers and i like i kind of like the i like the style so i'm very i'm happy with that yeah definitely but probably spell though would be the on instagram the favorite skier yeah that's tight yeah um let's see we got a couple other random ones Mm-hmm. let's see malik he said when are you gonna make a size medium <laughs> <laughs> this upcoming winter yeah yeah i started off with xl and xxl pants because it was cheaper couldn't afford to make a full sizing so just went with the bag year and it did sell but 
for the smaller people and the ladies it yeah medium large the whole the whole kit yeah the more people yeah that's tight matt uh matthew asked uh he said what's your favorite pants that you've made um my favorite pants i've made will probably be all the ones that haven't been released yet <laughs> so i made these light gray pants that uh probably my favorite pants i've made ever so gonna make those during the summer and then release them in early fall hopefully but um yeah the gray the gray snow pants and i also made jeans in the summer kind of baggy jeans to follow the whole baggy pan and i enjoy baggy jeans as well so and the next baggy jeans i'm making so the probably my two favorite pants i've i've made to be released soon oh that's cool <laughs> uh mckinley's wondering when will the light brown pants drop again uh i i don't even know myself honestly light brown <laughs> has definitely been yeah i've got so many messages about light brown pants but uh next winter that's for sure it's not gonna be this winter because winter is kind of coming to an end here but uh probably next winter at some point yeah cool um this one's funny just because i i think he might have asked it for the the previous one that i did but um matt said how do you deal with people getting mad about limited drops yeah it actually yeah it kind of happened um i made the last snow pan drop in february like it's it the website crashed like it still to this day kind of feels absurd like how like snow pants can sell in five minutes and the whole website crashing. It was very absurd and still kind of feels like, wow, like people are really, they're down for baggy snow pants, which is cool. But yeah, people were kind of like, ah, oh, you misleaded us. Like you've been teasing a draw for two months and it sells out in five minutes. Like this is, this is trash. I'm like, I get it. But I mean, it's at some point it is a small company and I'm on my own making large inventory is super expensive obviously so i kind of do what i can you know i take the money i make put it right back in into making more snow pants so i just put everything the money i make goes right back into it so you know you just try to have to explain them as best as you can and most of the people like totally understand they're super supportive it's always like the people extreme people that it's always those that kind of come first and you're like, oh, wow. But it's it's pretty chill overall, yeah. That's wild that people would get upset with you. for <laughs> like... It is what it is. <laughs> That's funny to me, bro. Um, yeah. All right, we only got a few more. Uh, wide pants. I got, yeah, go ahead. I got 10% of my phone left. I'm probably going to be chill. No, we're chilling, we're chilling. So cool. wide pants said, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate a... A hangover Stoneham Park sesh. <laughs> White pants, yeah. Louis, one of my good friends, we actually skied at Stoneham last week, and we were supposed to. We actually filmed a few clips, but I think everybody skiing was a uh, was a bit hungover that day. So uh, definitely a slow start to the day. And uh, Stoneham is it's like a bigger park than where I ski usually, so. Like where I skied snows and they don't really like the rails stay pretty low, but Stoneham, like they take the time to like shovel around the rails and everything. So everything felt 
like so big that morning. I was like, oh, <laughs> so uh, the younger guns that are a bit more talented than me, well, a lot more talented than me, skied and I filmed with, I was the filmer with uh, white pants. So that's kind of the backstory. That's awesome. And last question, Eric Grimm, what are we going to see next? Yeah. So kind of chapter two, in my opinion, like last drop I made was kind of the end of the old manufacturer. And uh, chapter two is definitely focused on quality, like I said. So I spent a lot of time testing stuff. And so obviously snow pants again improved way more improved the best version in my opinion um zipper hoodies kind of i've been digging them lately kind of coming back so hoodies jackets like full-on 20 20k shells uh rain jackets puffer jackets like really more kind of advanced outwear at this point i feel like and i mean i think that's kind of the move and so that's kind of what you're going to see next year and summer related stuff this year, obviously, and more belts and hats, but the focus will definitely be on improving and making technical outwear as much as possible in the next season. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, I want to get it all in before your phone dies. First of all, <laughs> thank, you, thank you for coming on. Yeah. Let, thank you let, for having me. It's so cool to, I didn't think I'd be doing a, a podcast. I remember getting messages like, Oh, wow. Cool. <laughs> so, yeah yeah dude i'm happy awesome. to have you let everyone know where they could find all your stuff and where they could uh where they could find all these new drops yeah you will instagram is mostly at volgus365 on instagram um also there's a mailing list on the website that i try to send out emails and early access sometimes to the drop um so if you just type in your email you could get emails and when there's drops you can free access and uh yeah that's mostly it youtube also don't put i don't post much on youtube we'll try to make more videos but mostly instagram mainly list and yeah that's about it boom 